Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Care Patrol of Connecticut and New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Got legal questions? She's got the answers. It's time for Lisa on the Law. Now on WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. Thanks to Clean Slate, those who are um, found guilty of committing a relatively less serious nonviolent crime are now, after a period of seven to ten years after uh, being held accountable, be able to get back into the workforce. Well, the misdemeanors um, and low-level felonies, a lot of them are drug-related crimes. Uh, and something they did maybe when they were younger, something they did that was wrong, something they did was stupid, something they, in many cases, is now legal. And you don't want that sitting on your record forever. It makes it tougher for you to get on with your life. So let's get into the specifics because the devil is in the detail of all of this. This is a very well-meaning policy that is intended to give people a chance to say, look, I actually am rehabilitated. I might have made that mistake or done that deed years ago. I haven't done it for the last umpteen years. And now I do not want to be saddled with that as part of my history, which prevents me from getting an apartment because a landlord will turn me down or prevents me from getting a job because in a screener I can't make it past an interview. I can't make it past a resume or a criminal background check. In so many ways, my life has been affected by that mistake I made years ago, and I didn't hurt anybody, theoretically. Let's talk about that. And therefore, I really am entitled to, and please let me have a second chance. Now, it used to be, and in still cases is, for other kind of crimes and in many states, that you have to go through a clemency process in which you have to argue before a certain board of appeals that there's a reason why you as an individual should have your slate wiped clean. But in 2021, the legislature decided that it wanted to do something far more general than that. And they passed something called the Clean Slate Law here in Connecticut to eradicate those convicted to eradicate the records of those convicted of, quote, low-level drug offenses, 
misdemeanors, and even some low-level felonies. The law was even updated in 2023 to get rid of people who have been convicted for driving under the influence. This is just last year. So we are expanding this before we have even seen how it's really working. Now, it is estimated that this law will clear, are you ready? 178,499 offenses. Somebody has obviously counted for another 80,000 individuals when it becomes fully operational in January of 2024. And it has already served to clear people in the last couple of years, but there were some fits and starts and some hindrances, and it looks like it's really going to be operational starting very, very quickly. Thus far, according to the governor's press release, 43,754 drug offenses largely related to cannabis, but not exclusively so, but largely, were erased earlier in the year when we in Connecticut legalized adult-use recreational marijuana. The automatic erasure covers convictions between the years of 2000 and 2015. If you have been convicted outside those dates, you must petition the court. And let me tell you a little bit about what this is. Uh, The erasure is expected to be completed by the end of January 2024. However, more than 62,000 convictions will require, quote, manual confirmation due to imperfections in the historical data. So if you're one of the people who thinks that your record is being automatically erased, this is very important, you really need to double check because it may not be automatic for you. You may have to contact somebody in the system who manually looks up your name, looks up your record, looks up the fact that you're qualified to have your record erased, and then does it for you. So do not assume if you've been convicted of one of these things between 2000 and 2015, please do not make the mistake of assuming that your record has been automatically erased because there's no way for me to tell you, looking at this, whether you're somebody whose record will be automatically erased or you're somebody who has to specifically make sure that it is manually, by hand, erased, okay? Very important. Now, let's talk about what this is about. During the 2023 session, the General Assembly added to the Clean Slate Law to include motor vehicle convictions that carry a potential prison sentence, including driving under the influence convictions that are over 10 years old for which the individual has not re-offended. Okay? If you've had a DUI conviction... You've got to be free of any kind of DUI for 10 years before you're added to the clean slate law. And in addition, originally there were some things that were thought to be possibly eligible to be erased, such as criminal possession of a firearm or possessing child porn or stealing a gun. But those have been made to be disqualifying. So in 2023, the legislature looked again at Clean Slate and said, you know what? Not so fast. Older convictions for possessing child pornography, gun transfers, theft of a firearm, or criminal possession of a firearm that at one time were considered misdemeanors or felonies that would have fallen under Clean Slate have been made ineligible for erasure. You know what else you cannot erase? You cannot erase a family violence conviction. You cannot erase any sexually violent 
or nonviolent sexual offense. In other words, what's a nonviolent sexual offense? Child porn, right? Child porn, looking at child porn is not violent, but it is something that we consider to be anathema, and we do not want to have that erased automatically. So uh, that is a little bit about what the clean slate law is. And again, this is what I want to stress to you, very important. Do not assume that if you're one of the people eligible for the clean slate erasure between 2000 and 2015 for certain low-level felonies, things like uh, certain larcenies, six-degree larcenies are eligible for erasure, Um, low-level drug offenses, particularly possession, things like that uh, are eligible for erasure, but do not assume that it's happening, please. If it's you, a loved one of yours, make sure you go into the system and it really has happened if you're eligible because otherwise you're going to have to manually make sure that it's eligible, okay? I mean that it's been done. Um, Okay, let's go to Cecil from Bridgeport. Cecil, do you have an old marijuana conviction you want to talk about? Go ahead. Welcome. Yes, Lisa. When I I was 16 years old, we got uh, involved with dealing marijuana, and I got arrested when I was 16 years old. But I also want to tell you about this here, too, Lisa. The night I'll be – I'm on a TV show now on Soundview TV. I'll be on at 8.30 tonight on Channel 88. I'd like you to tune into my show, and I'd like to have you come on as a guest on my show, too, as well. But anyway, and when I was 16 years old, I got busted for selling marijuana back in the days with an undercover cop by the name of Tony. And there was a black guy by the name of BJ. He used to be a pimp on the East End. And he used to, he, he pulled up one day. i never forget it. He pulled up one day in this beautiful uh, convertible Lincoln with a black vinyl top. And my cousin Butcher was sitting in the corner there. And he was, uh, got, got, to make a long story short, he ended up dealing marijuana for the guys. And he was an undercover cop and also a pimp. Apparently, the pimp got caught up in some stuff and had to get us set up and deal with marijuana, okay, in order to get his his charge cut down, I guess. So, uh, anyway, to make a long story short, my cousin used to smoke that marijuana. And back in the days, they had Panama Red, Acapulco Gold, Chiba Chiba, this kind of marijuana that they're selling now in these different farmeries. You know, I really wanted to talk about that a while, and I'm going to be talking about that on my show because back in the days, they used to have marijuana that all you would have to do is take a couple of puffs and it would mellow you out and make you feel like you want to have the munchies and all that other good stuff. Right now, my fear is that the state of Connecticut should think about maybe taking some of this land we got and going into the marijuana business because these are going to be our kids that are going to be getting strung out. And part of the reason why they get strung out, at least, is because back in the days, they had real, real good marijuana. You go to these firmies now, the marijuana they got is Mikioki. Okay, and that's why people change up and want to get something more stronger. And I'm saying that maybe the state of Connecticut, if they would use some of this land they got and grow the kind of marijuana that would make people really get the kind of little couple of puffs that would make them feel good enough to get up, feel happy, because it makes you feel all the above. I think it would go a long way in terms of really turning their life around and helping them to do the kind of things that we want them to do. Right now, we're giving them an opportunity to go into the business, but we're not really realizing that the amount of people that are smoking marijuana, it is a psychological addicted drug. Uh, I smoked it for about 40 years, okay? Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? And so, uh, again, I know what marijuana does, but, again, it's not a violent drug. It's a drug that makes you want to think and makes you want to be happy and be joyful and have a peace of mind. But you do crave for it. And believe me, once you start smoking it and you like it, you're not going to want to stop smoking it because marijuana is a good smoke 
to have when you're feeling down and out and when you're feeling aggravated and you just want to have a little peace of mind. Get you a good joint, Panama Red, Acapulco Gold, Chiba okay, Chiba. Okay, well, thanks. Thanks, Cecil. Thanks for the advertisement for pot. Look, from my point of view, obviously it's it's something that's in demand for a lot of people like yourself. I Unfortunately, I tend to see when it uh, goes wrong. I see when it actually... Um, when it exacerbates a psychosis or triggers a psychosis in people that shouldn't be smoking it. Cause I, I end up, I end up with people that are in the hospitals in an inpatient way that um, have a diagnosis of cannabis abuse or an underlying, you know, um, an underlying bipolar disorder or something like that. And when those people smoke pot because they think it makes them feel better, Cecil, actually it induces psychosis very often. It's not good for them. So, you know, like any other psychoactive drug, it can be used for good things or bad things, but people have to be careful with it. They have to be careful. They really do. That's my opinion. Thanks, Cecil. Thanks for the call. We're going to be right back. I want to talk a little bit more on Lisa on the Law about the Supreme Court considering parental visitation rights. We'll be right back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome back to the show, 203-333-9422. The Connecticut Supreme Court heard arguments yesterday. And this is a really important thing to focus on. We don't have, a, we don't have an answer yet, but the fact that they're hearing an argument over this and asking about it very often means that a change in the law may be coming. They're looking into whether the state's family court system can allow one parent to determine another parent's visitation rights following a divorce. So here's what happened. In this particular case, and I'm not going to talk about the names of the parties, but in this particular case, it was a husband and wife who got divorced. The wife was an alcoholic. The wife failed sobriety tests. The wife, um, the wife had an alcohol problem. And the husband was eventually awarded full custody. When the wife wanted to uh, visit with her kids once, she wasn't able to pass a breathalyzer or whatever the sobriety test was. And the husband said, you know what, um, I think because I am the primary custodial parent that it's not good and healthy for the kids to visit with you. It's not safe for them because we can't count on the fact that you're going to be sober. So over time, he stopped allowing the kids to visit with his ex-wife. She, and this is now, and you know when kids are growing up, and a parent is appealing a conviction or, or a, a situation, anything. It takes time. It takes months. The kids are growing. And it's that much longer that the child hasn't visited with the parent. 
And in this case now, the mother is saying, I haven't seen my kids in four years. I haven't seen them in four years because of this. And I think this is an abuse. I think my ex-husband has been abusively controlling the situation. Yes, he's the primary custodial parent, but he should not have the sole authority to determine whether or not I see my kids. That's a judge's call. That's not a custodial parent's call. It's a judge's call. And I have a right to have a judge decide what kind of visitation I'm allowed to have and under what conditions. Anyway, this has made its way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, The mother is representing herself in the case. She's arguing that she was never found to be an unfit parent. She has never had her parental rights terminated. And the trial court improperly delegated its responsibility to decide visitation to her ex-husband. Now, we're talking about these high-conflict cases, right? We are talking about the 5% of cases, which sometimes we do talk about on in this uh, case, in this um, show, of the cases that generate the most headlines and the most angst because they are the most heavily contested cases. Sometimes there is domestic violence, like the Jennifer Dulos case, in which the subtext was horrible domestic violence, ultimately resulting in a fatality in her killing. But uh, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just parents that just cannot get along with each other, that don't agree that the wall is the same color, and each of them is determined to think that they know best for the raising of their kids. And in this particular case, the reason this is such an important one is that you've got a case here where a mother says, I haven't seen my, I haven't seen my kids in such a long time, and I feel that my ex has weaponized the visitation the wife, the, the mother, successfully appealed the trial court's decision to allow the father to determine visitation to the appellate court, which resulted in a reversal of the lower court's decision. According to the appellate court, the trial court erred when it allowed the plaintiff, in this case the dad, to determine the mother's visitation rights in consultation with their son's therapist. The court said, you know what? You've delegated your responsibility to a non-judicial entity. And you can't do that. You can't allow somebody other than a judge, whether it be a therapist or the parent, his or herself, to decide this. One appellate judge disagreed with the majority decision regarding visitation, writing that he was concerned that the decision would prevent judges from exercising the broad discretion that our legislature afforded them in settling disputed custody issues in the best interests of the child. And what happened to this is that after the divorce, the parents did have joint legal and physical custody of two children. Both of them were required to abstain from drinking to excess when they were with the kids. That makes sense, right? You don't want drunken parents with children. Hello. And the mom was required to use an alcohol monitoring program called Soberlink. But she tested positive on a morning that she had the children. When that happened, the father filed a motion immediately. Further breakdowns in the parenting agreement occurred. There were contempt motions back and forth, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And eventually in 2019, the trial court said the dad would get sole legal and physical custody of the kids. And that in this new broad arrangement, that visitation with the daughter was to be based on recommendations by a therapist. 
The father was given the ability to change visitation for the couple's son in consultation with the therapist if they determined that the unsupervised visits are causing negative behavioral or emotional consequences. So look, you see what's going on here. This is just a question about how are we going to do this in reality? In reality, when you've got a sole custodial parent, are you going to allow that sole custodial parent latitude to determine what is in the best interest of their child? Or are they going to have to go into court every minute to say, wait a minute, uh, Your Honor, I don't think this time my kid should visit with this parent this time because right now this parent is engaging in dangerous behavior. This parent just got a DUI. This parent has been seen in bars. This parent is is um, addicted to opiates. Uh, this parent is watching child porn. I mean, it goes on and on and on, right? It goes on. Every kind of permutation that you can think of in families goes on in family divorces. And the question is, who should have the power? And is it possible, is it likely that one angry parent is going to use their power of visitation as a weapon over the other one? Of course, we can imagine that situation all the time. But on the other hand, if we don't allow parents' discretion, if we don't allow courts' discretion to determine that some parents should have discretion, aren't we, in fact, making our courts busy and busy and busier and lengthy and lengthier by micromanaging families all the time? It's going to be a tough case for this court, but it could have a lasting impact depending upon what it says. So we're going to be watching it. It's a very important case. It's a very important case because you know how they there's a um, saying in, um, in by lawyers that hard cases make bad law, which is to say you take an example that sounds really good on these facts for this situation, and instead of making that maybe an exception to the law or a situation where it doesn't quite fit, you overhaul the law for everybody else, and then sometimes it's not good. We're going to find out how the Supreme Court's going to deal with this because to this one mother who's fighting for herself and her right to see her kids, she believes that she's adequately proven that she should have the right to visit her kids. The question is, do we want to change the law for everybody? And that's what's, that's what's pending. That's what's pending right now in front of our Supreme Court in Connecticut. So I wanted you to know about that because family law is a subject that we come back to again and again on the Lisa Wexler Show. It's so critical to everyday life. It is. It's so critical. 203-333-9422. And generally speaking, what the law looks to as a guide is what is in the best interest of the children? What is? And sometimes is it in the best interest of the children to give the custodial parent wide latitude in, in, connect, in, uh, in conjunction with the therapist to decide day-to-day decisions. Because the alternative to that is, on a day-to-day basis, having to run into court every mitten drinnen. And who can afford to do that? And who wants to do that? And is that the best way to manage these situations? So it's a toughie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 